he lied to her husband by george bernard shaw this play is one of the most delightful ones penned by the writer and it is completely unlike anything anyone can imagine one of the most wonderful plays by mr shaw full of quite unexpected turns when one is in the world of literature but quite normal in real life which is what makes it hilarious and sobering a very tra- talented and romantic poet who is in love with a beautiful woman who wishes nothing as much as seeing her every evening for a session of theater and dinner or at least reading poetry to her that is written for her in praise of her exquisite beauty and is ever ready to do anything his for his love she is married that is a problem he faces and she is married to a rich man who gives her everything she could wish for materially and socially but he is not romantic or he is not a romantic poet unlike the present lover on the other hand he is not stingy about providing her with an expensive social style with dinners parties artists invited and theater and carriages and jewelry still he is not not a poet is he literate that is hard to remember from the play does he appreciate her beauty more than in terms of his own pleasure one doubts to begin with these might be the pro- uh, problems that the lady faces with her husband there is a whole there is a whole setting the very beautiful and wealthy aurora who is married to a common businessman although able to have a social life of consorting with various artists and so forth and then the play begins to unfold the husband the very practical and very much bourgeois man who has provided his wife with everything she could ever wish for in terms of wealth and social life has now rumored to have found out about the poet and the wife someone has told the husband about the poet's writing extensive poetry every day about the wife and you know how the wa- wa- husband can react how the husbands will react and the wife has come to know about the husband having been informed she is frantic in worry about what will happen obviously she might be worried about her husband quite natural the poet who is in love with her, with the with aurora is writing poems to her willing to do anything for her whether taking her to taking her to a theater every evening or staying in and amuse her or even he is ready to get shot by her husband the poet is willing to do anything else anything she wishes while his own noble instinct is to accept the blame and confront the husband with the truth and walk off into the sunset with his beloved beautiful aurora what comes next is a typical show sequence of twists and turns that leaves one helpless in hilarious laughter while totally in sympathy with the poor poet i have no intention of spoiling the delight of reading further by saying another word about what is coming up next how he lied to her husband the play by george bernard shaw is a three character play is a one act play first of all there are three main characters in the play 
talking about the setting of the play particular play the three uh, the play is set in the drawing room of a flat located on the cromwell road in london show describes three characters first one the main uh, the three main characters described throughout uh, present throughout the play are henry abjon aurora bombas and mr bombas so these are the three main characters mentioned in the are uh, mr bombas the name of uh, aurora's husband is teddy teddy bomb uh, bombas so these are the three main characters in the play um describing aurora bombas she has the air, has an air of being a young and beautiful woman but as a ma- matter of fact she is or she pretends to be a young pretends to be more beautiful but is actually a female of about 37 hopelessly inferior in physical and spiritual distinction to the beautiful youth Ab- henry abjon henry abjon is a young character young uh, is a youth of 18 years henry abjon is a talented poet and an earnest lover he is in love with mrs bombas as i told earlier he is a boy of 18 years old 18 years and he lives in a very dreamy world he thinks that he can cross any problem in life through his love in the grip of emotions he says um he says we shall straight go to mr teddy and tell him we are going to live as wife and husband it is 8 o'clock in the evening when the play uh when the play opens it ha- begins like this and the descriptions in the uh, towards the beginning of the play says like it's 8 o'clock in the evening and describing the background the curtains are drawn and the lamps li- lighted in the drawing room of a flat in cromwell road her lover a beautiful youth of 18 in evening dress and cape with a bunch of flowers and an opera hat in his hands comes in alone so here uh, henry abjon is being described and he is seen in the flat of uh, mrs bombas or mr teddy teddy bombas uh, and he has a bunch of flowers a bouquet of flowers in his hand on the other side of the room there are many, like the room is being described towards the beginning of the uh, towards the beginning of the play there is a piano there is a fireplace on the other side of the room near the piano is a broad square softly upholstered stool the room is furnished in the most approved south kensington fashion that is it is as like a showroom as possible the setting of the room itself is given to show the, uh, to show that they are rich they are uh, well settled how uh, The, the, and to show that there is a difference in economic status between Henry Abjon and Mr Bombas the first thing that Henry Abjon does 
after entering the room in a dream like as if he is in a dream is to put his flowers down carefully on the table beside the fan. He then takes off his cape and uh, he finds no place to keep it so he keeps it, uh, he takes it to the piano and puts it, uh, he, uh, he keeps it on the table. He puts his hat on the cape, crosses to the hearth, looks at his watch and puts it up again. Notices the things on the table, lights up as if he saw heaven opening before him, goes to the table and takes the, uh, takes the cloud in both hands, nestling his nose to, into its softness and kissing it, the kisses, he kisses the gloves that were there. As he waits in that particular room, Aurora Bombas arrives. She is dressed for the theatre and wears many diamonds. She has an air of being a young, beautiful woman. But as I already said, she is not that, she is neither beautiful nor in her youth. The moment she enters the room, um, Henry Abjohn was actually looking into the mirror and she, he, and he uh, keeps it down, puts it down and he says at last, as if he was waiting for a long time and she has entered really late. Uh, the reply that Aurora gives to this is that something dreadful has happened and he asks, what's the matter? I have lost your pawns. They, they were unworthy of you. I'll write you some more. The reply that he gives. So what happens is that as soon as Aurora enters the room, she tells Miss, uh, Mr. Henry Abjohn that he, she has lost the poems Henry has written to her. So the reply that Henry gives her is that he'll write more poems. And her reply goes like this, no, thank you, never any more poems for me. How could I have been so mad, so rash, so imprudent? So her problem is that she uh, thinks that the poems will be discovered, will, will be, uh, she, the poems are in the hands of her sister-in-law. So there will be a problem in future in her life. And when Henry says that nobody will know that these poems are addressed to uh, her, she says that everybody will know because Aurora is a very rare name, unlike uh, the names Mary Jane or Gladys Muriel or Beatrice or Francisca or anything like that. Aurora, she is the only Aurora in London and everybody knows it. I believe I am the only in Aurora in the world. And it's so horribly easy to rhyme to it. So she thinks that once her sister-in-law gets the uh, pawns, she will definitely know that somebody has written or Henry has written it addressed to Aurora and their love affair will be public and her husband will know, get to know about the love affair. Henry actually says sorry for, uh, for having addressed that poem to a married woman and he uh, gets to know that and it was then he gets to know that Aurora has a sister-in-law, sisters-in-law. Uh, and when he asks Aurora about it, 
the reply she gives is that Teddy Teddy's got nothing but relatives. He has eight sisters and six half sisters and ever so many brothers. But I don't mind his brothers. Now, if you only knew the least little thing about the world, Henry, you would know that in a large family, though sisters quarrel with one another like mad all the time, yet let one of the brothers marry, they all turn on the unfortunate sister-in-law and devote the rest of their lives with perfect unanimity to persuading him that his wife is unworthy of him. They can do it to her, face, to her very face without her knowing it. So uh, Aurora's problem is that she has issues with her sisters-in-law who are actually communicating with her husband and telling uh, and, and backbiting uh, behind her, talking bad things about uh, herself to her husband Teddy and she thinks that this will create problems within their life. Um, and her own uh, need and what she tells is very interesting. The humor in the play comes through the conversation. And she uh, and here Aurora tells that there ought to be a law against a man's sister ever entering his house after he's married. I am as certain as that I am sitting here and Georgina stole those poems out of the workbox. So she thinks that jo uh, Georgina, who is, a, who is one of the sister sisters-in-law, uh, has stolen the poems she loves and has given it to her to Teddy. So um, the law she wants, the demand she wants is that there should be a particular law which enables or which prevents sisters-in-law entering the house of her brother once he is married. Henry says that she will not understand. Georgina will not understand the poems. And uh, the reply that Aurora gives to this is that won't she? She'll understand them only too well. She'll understand more harm than ever was in them. Nasty, vulgar-minded cat. So uh, what Aurora thinks is that Aurora is a little bit more based in reality. So she thinks that uh, Georgina will definitely understand the poems or, un or can uh, understand the poems too well. It's very clear. The poems are very clear and she'll easily know, get to know that there is a relationship going on between Aurora and uh, Henry Abjohn. Henry, who, is actually, uh, who actually lives in a dream world, thinks that people don't think in that way. People are not that crooked. He is very straightforward and so he thinks that people are not that crooked. And then Aurora cites an incident. Um, in her life, she says, Do you remember the evening when I sat here at your feet and read you those poems for the first time? I shouldn't have let you. I see that now. When I think of Georgina sitting there at Teddy's feet and reading them to him for the first time, I feel I shall go, I shall just go distracted. Henry says that he's not at all worried about uh, the poems getting stolen and uh, Aurora says that it's because he does not think about Teddy, her husband. And um, Henry says, Teddy is nothing and Georgina less than nothing. All these issues are like uh, neither Teddy nor Georgina or, the, uh, or the, her love, their love affair getting public is 
not at all a problem for henry who is actually in a dream world who lives in a dream world these this uh, the above given uh, lecture was almost a paraphrase of the pages um, 72 to 73 beginning we stopped in the last class um where teddy actually where henry actually says that teddy and georgina are less important for him and it was then uh, aurora reply um, replies you will soon find out how much less than nothing she is if you think a woman, woman can't do any harm because she is only a scandalmongering dowdy ragbag you are greatly mistaken so uh she is actually irritated by georgina and also by the fact that henry just mentioned that teddy and georgina are not at all important so here we can see that um aurora is in a confuse is actually um moving in a relationship between two has a relationship between two people as obviously said with henry and also with teddy but she is double minded she does not know whom to stick on to so even when henry says that we'll run away she is not ready for any of that and then and she says henry help me find a way out, out of this for me she want to go on with this relationship also but, um, like that is what this shows and she uh, sometimes even says how wretched i am and sobs on his breast and when he when uh, henry hears this he says oh how happy i am don't be selfish this is aurora's reply when henry says that they'll uh, run away she says i'll do nothing improper nothing dishonorable as if she is doing something very much honored now by having a relationship with henry and henry says if you did you would no longer be aurora of course is perfectly simple perfectly straightforward we love one another and i am not ashamed of that i am ready to go out and proclaim it to all london as simply as i will declare to your husband when you see as you soon will see let us go out together to our own house this evening without concealment without shame remember so here uh, what henry means is that he is ready to proclaim to the whole, to the whole world about the relationship while aurora is not and he is also ready to go and confront aurora's husband saying that they are in love but aurora is again not ready for that uh, by confronting her husband and by uh, revealing to ho- to the whole world he what he wants is a peace of mind he wants to go out to go out together to have peace and happiness in their life he feels that aurora's husband has been kind to him and also to aurora by making him the guest there he has perhaps loved you as well as his prosaic nature and his sordid commercial environment permitted he has never um, aurora's husband teddy so far has not shown any dis- distrust on henry because whenever he comes uh, to meet aurora 
she uh, he has been very pleasant so henry says that we'll go to him quietly hand in hand bid him farewell and uh, say that this is what happened between between us and then uh, ask, and where shall we go go to we shall not depart by a hair's breadth from the ordinary natural current of our life we are going to the theater when the laws of poems compelled us to take action at once we shall go to the theater still but we shall leave your diamonds here for we cannot afford diamonds and do not need them so they have decided they are actually henry has come to meet aurora to go to a, a theater for which he has booked tickets but since all these problems have come up they have uh, they are having a um, thought about second thought about whether to go or not to go and still uh, henry thinks that they should act, they should go to the theater but only after leaving behind all those diamonds that uh, aurora is wearing aurora's reply is that she hates diamonds and it is only because of teddy that he uh, she is wearing all these diamonds she prefers simplicity so henry says um, she he also knows that uh, knows that she wants prefers uh, she wants simplest uh, simple life and it's because of this that she that he loved her uh, and why he told her to leave the diamonds there is because so that like they can go uh, they can go to uh, henry's house rather than coming back here freely without having the burden or and the baggages of all those wealth given by teddy i attach and he says i attach no importance to the law my love was not created in me by the enough is it not here are the flowers for you the why he is offering certain flowers some flowers to aurora he takes the flower from the table here are the flowers for you have these tickets we will ask your husband to lend us carriage as the carriage to show that there is no malice no grudge between us so uh, he also feels that they they will tell her husband to offer her the carriage for going to the theater and uh, aurora says teddy is not back at so you can't even ask him well let us take that calmly let us go to the theater as if nothing has happened and tell him that uh, tell him when he comes back that we had gone so uh, to such a place for theater and now the discussion is about which uh, play they should actually go for and um, they uh, henry did not get the tickets for lohengrin which aurora preferred the tickets uh, he got was for candida which is actually a play by uh, show himself it is that play and then uh, aurora says that it is that play that has done all the mischief i am very sorry i ever saw it i ought it ought to be stopped so here there is a flashback there is some connection between uh, between the play and this particular relationship and aurora blames that particular play for having this love affair with uh, henry and when uh, henry heard this particular comment from aurora he is amazed and he shouts aurora yes i mean it that divine is love poem the poem 
that gave us courage to speak to one another that revealed to us what we really felt for one another so it might be uh, that uh, poem which kindled or which brought out the love uh, spark in these in, in these two people arora says she almost imagined herself to be candida henry caught hold of uh, um arora's hands and he says you are like candida she took away her hands and says i thought you were just like eugene a character in candida now that i come to look at you you are rather like him too she throws herself discontentedly into the nearest seat which happens to be the bench at the piano he goes to her henry says had candida fallen in love with eugene he she would have definitely um, ran away with eugene that particular day arora's uh, um, reply to what henry said was that there is something missing in that particular play and what was missing was that there was a georgina wanting in in it a georgina her and the character like her sister in law was missing in that particular play and george the presence of georgina would have created uh, would have converted it it into a true true to life tragedy then she goes on narrating about what all georgina said about her to teddy and she says that it was a totally immoral thing to um, have a relationship to go on encouraging boys to sit by her um, sit near her and asking them to write love poems about her the later conversations uh, between arora and henry shows that henry is not at all bothered about the cost or the effect that might be produced that might be uh, that might be caused because of uh, that might be caused when arora's affair with henry is revealed to teddy he thinks that what can georgina do what can your husband do what can anybody do nobody can affect them that is what henry thinks and her arora says do you mean to say that you propose that we should walk right bang up to teddy and tell him we are going away together and henry replies what yes what can be simpler this is what they should actually do do you think for a moment he would stand it he might not stand it that is what arora thinks he would just kill you henry says sorry teddy might not stand it he might actually kill henry and here henry says you don't understand these things my darling how could you in one respect i am unlike the poet in the play i have followed the greek ideal and not neglected the culture of my body so as and when uh, they discuss about having a uh, conflict with teddy henry having a conflict with teddy um, arona thinks that uh, henry won't be able to fight with teddy whereas uh, henry thinks that he will very well be able to uh, fight with teddy thinks that he is able to um, he is able to defend himself before teddy
and then um, Aurora says, doesn't he still love me still? Has he told you anything? Aurora is worried about whether Terry, Teddy has any doubts about her love for her and whether he is still loving her. All these confusions go on in the mind of Aurora. And Henry says, no, no, dearest, how agitated you are, how unlike yourself. All these worries belong to the lower plane. Come up with me to the higher one, the heights, the solitudes, the soul world. So, whenever we go through Henry's uh, conversations or Henry's dialogues, one the thing we understand is that he lives in a highly, uh, he lives, he has this concept of platonic love where uh, nobody can affect their love, nobody, nothing is important for, the, um, for them. Whereas, Aurora is a totally practical lover. She thinks of all the pros and cons that may happen due to each and every relationship. Uh, but even after thinking about all this, she falls in love with Henry. Aurora in a hurry calls Henry as Mr. Adjohn. And he does not like that. He expresses that. And he says that I never consider you or think of you as Mrs. Bombas. I always think of you as Cant or Aurora. So, uh, they are getting, there is actually confusion happening here because at times Aurora is calling uh, Henry as Mr. N. Abjohn, which is a very official way of under, uh, call, addressing Henry and vice versa. She says that she was, she always thought that Henry was a very, uh, was a boy and would be afraid to do, do any uh, serious things in his life and what he says now what henry says now is that they'll uh, reveal themselves their relationship to teddy and go and live by their own uh, but henry but uh, aurora says that does not like like that and she says like this and now you want to be teddy and to break up my home and disgrace me and make a horrible scandal in the papers it's cruel unmanly cowardly and henry asks are you afraid of course i'm afraid so would you be if you had any com common sense so she says that if you had some common sense if henry had some common sense he would also have been afraid since henry lives in a dream world he is not at all worried about all those things that, ha that, are, that are happening around them. In the last class, we stopped where Henry and Aurora were discussing about the relationship and what to do in future. So Henry's option was to reveal all the things to Teddy and be happy. Whereas... Uh, Aurora is worried about the future of, their, uh, of her relationship with Teddy and also what will um, Georgina do in her absence by revealing the poems to Teddy and uh, she is actually afraid of all the consequences that might happen after the revelation of the relationship whereas Henry is Henry says Perfect love casteth out fear, which means perfect love can clear out all fears or clear out every problem. And in the meanwhile, they address each other in the official name, which both of them does not like. And 
while the conversation goes on and on this type of addressing continues in between and uh, henry is very much uh, willing to do whatever aurora is uh, asking him to do and he says i beg your pardon what is it you want me to do i am at you i am at your service i am ready to behave like a gentleman if you will be kind enough to explain exactly how but to this particular uh, request of polite humble request arora does not have anything to say other than um accepting the fact that he is very much uh, humble and he is a very good fan of her uh but and henry when he when he hears this he is actually agitated of not doing anything for arora and he grabs hold of he grabs uh, arora's fan and is about to break that and arora is very worried about henry's this particular act of breaking of uh, this particular act and she uh, says on goes on and on about the 5 shilling fan the fan which costed costs her 5 uh, 5 shilling henry says that it's just five matter of 5 shillings i would have actually break, uh, broken yours broken teddy's pet wife itself so 5 shilling fan is nothing important for me they both swear in uh, each other's presence which they don't like later and think that their own relationship has undergone change they have uh, suddenly changed to someone else and wants to get back to the old relationship where they were they believe uh, where they lived in a almost like a uh, dream like life what arora wants uh, henry to do is to get back to uh, to find a solution for for the problem of uh, this problem out of the uh, way out of this particular problem when um, teddy gets to know from georgina about the relationship and she says henry and john that you got me into this mess you must get me out of it again to which henry says all i can say is that i am entirely at your service he is willing to do anything and everything for aurora while aurora is not able to identify what is it that they have to do when she asks whether he knows any other aurora other than her henry says that you are the only aurora in the world to me aurora is actually happy to hear that but she herself is confused to what to say to her husband when he asks about the poems which are addressed to the lady named aurora aurora asks uh, asks henry to find to discover uh, another aurora invent another aurora for the occasion so that they can explain uh, the fact that this particular poem was written for something someone else and not to uh, teddy bombas's wife henry is very much reluctant to tell a lie uh, to uh, to do something against his honor but he is forced by aurora to tell something that is so untrue while they were discussing all these things of uh, creating inventing another aurora they um, 
Aurora hears Teddy tapping, tapping the new barometer, and she understood understands that he is coming. And there is a description about uh, Teddy, which goes like this: Her husband comes in, a robust, thick-necked, a well-groomed city man with a strong chin, but a blithering eye and a credulous mouth. And credulous mouth. He has a momentous air, but shows no sign of displeasure. Rather, the contrary. When Teddy comes in, there is a uh, conversation happening between Teddy and. Aurora, and it goes like this: Hello, I thought two you two were at the theater. And Aurora says, "I felt anxious about you, Teddy. Why didn't you come home to dinner?" Teddy, I got a message from Georgina. She wanted me to go to her. Aurora, she poor dear, poor dear Georgina. I'm sorry. I haven't been able to call on her this last week. Teddy, nothing except anxiety, anxiety for my welfare and yours. Uh, by the way, Ab John, I should like a word with you this evening if Aurora can spare you for a moment. So here we uh, come to understand that Hen uh, Teddy wants to have a conversation with uh, Henry about something, and he wants Aurora to be out of the scene. And Aurora says that she will uh, go out of the room um, and lock her diamonds in the cupboard. While Aurora is away, uh, Teddy asks Henry about the manuscripts of the shows Henry the manuscripts of the poem that he wrote, and um, to his surprise, Henry actually is not at all uh, is. Not at all showing any interest. Later, he gets he shows a surprise when uh, Henry is asked about the poems. He says that he wrote them years ago after reading Swinburne's Songs Before Sunrise. Nothing would do me then, but I must reel off a set of songs to a uh, set of songs to the sunrise. And Aurora is a character in that particular. Uh, in that particular poem, he and he confesses the fact that he never thought of the uh, Teddy Bombax's wife Aurora while he was writing this particular poem, and it is only um, because uh, he just um, gave that particular poems to Teddy Bombax's wife only because her name was also Aurora. After hearing this uh, explanation. Uh, Teddy is not happy, and he thinks that it's a big fat lie. And he um, says this right on the face. Um, as Teddy says, "Don't overdo it, old chap." However, I will just be so far explicit as to say that if you think these poems read as if they were addressed addressed to not to a live woman, but to a shivering. Cold time of day at which you never, you were never out of bed in your life. You hardly do justice to your own literary powers, which I admire and appreciate, mind you. He says that uh, if you want me to believe that these particular poems were written to some Aurora, which who was not even alive or who is not a real character, these will actually. 
show that his own literary powers or literary quality is really bad. Henry says that um, he never had such type of a relationship with uh, Mrs. Bombas. And it's very interesting to note that whenever Henry is talking to Teddy, he addresses Aurora as Mrs. Bombas. A very official relationship. He says that uh, Mrs. Bombas is a very is a lady of stainless honor who has never cast an unworthy thought on me. The fact that she has shown you my poems itself is a is an ex uh, shows that she is a very good lady. While the conversation goes on, uh, Henry time and again confesses the fact that he does not admire uh, Mrs. Bombas as um, her husband expects her to, her uh, husband thinks of. And he says, and um, Teddy says this, you don't admire Mrs. Bombas, you would never dream of writing poems to Mrs. Bombas. My wife's not good enough for you isn't he isn't she this is because henry um while while the conversation was going on henry told teddy that um she was not worthy enough of his admiration and uh, teddy is agitated by the fact that um henry does not think her worthy enough for his admiration he says, Henry says that his own relationship with Mrs. Bombas are relations of perfect coldness, of indifference, which means that they don't have, a, they just have an indifferent relationship, a, a friendship sort of thing, nothing much, nothing more, nothing less. Again, uh, Teddy asks him, Teddy is not confessed by the fact, uh, Teddy is not uh, agreeing to the fact that agreeing to the fact that Henry does not uh, admire Mrs. Bombas and he again time and again questions uh, Henry about this and this is one particular what is Mr. Bombas, Mrs. Bombas to you I would like to know I'll tell you what Mrs. Bombas is she's the smartest woman in the smartest set in South Kensington and the handsomest and the cleverest and the most fetching to experienced men who know a good thing when they see it whatever she may be to conceited penny a lining puppies who think nothing good enough nothing good enough for them so he thinks that his own wife is a highly attractive lady and she should be should be admired by everyone so the fact that henry does not find her attractive or admirable uh, so, uh, is hurting him. That is why he is he's questioning, he is going on questioning him. Page number 85, he goes on talking about who all admire Mrs. admired Mrs. Bombas. At last he even says, introducing a fine woman to you is casting pearls before swine. As if he is indirectly call, calling um, calling Mr. Henry a swine saying that he does not know the value of such a pearl like Mrs. Bompas. After this conversation there is a um, tug of war between both these people that is between Henry and Teddy. Um, meanwhile 
Aurora enters in enters the room and she separates both of them, gets hold of both of them and somehow pacifies them. And later on, they um, Henry confesses the fact that they come to a pact. They come to a pact, and Henry uh, Henry says that your husband is a fool, a brood, and um, Teddy hears this and says, what's that you say? Henry again, I say you are a fool and a brute and if you will step outside with me, I'll say it again, I'll say it over and over again that you are a brute and a fool because you wanted your wife to be admired by me. And again he says that and uh, again Henry says that he had actually written, he confesses the fact that he was going on telling lies uh, so far and he confesses the fact that these particular poems were written, uh, actually written to his own wife. Each and every word was addressed to her. I adored her. That was why I wrote those poems to her. He also confesses the fact that uh, he was planning to con uh, con reveal their relationship to Teddy and leave the house and uh, live with uh, Mrs. Bombas or Aurora on their own. But Aurora was not ready to do any of these. Um, finally, as the play ends up, they are happily, um, they are happily, re they have happily re revealed the relationship before Teddy and um, Teddy says this. They can't, she, he's happy, Teddy is actually happy by the fact that nobody, no uh, no man in this world till now can resist her, his wife till now. Today ends, Hen uh, Teddy asked Henry to publish these particular poems um, for his own sake. The name of the uh, poems, the ten poems can be titled as How He Lied to Her Husband. There was a discussion between Teddy and Henry on how to uh, title the poems and this was the name they arrived at and this is how the uh, play ends.